Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 501 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's run down uh, Port O'Connor Way. Let's check in with our good friend, Captain Lynn Smith, see what he's up to this morning. Good morning, Lynn. How you doing, bud? Well, good morning, Mick. Good morning. Yeah, that was a heck of a picture I sent you, wasn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you that what, hand? I've been holding my tongue. I've been wanting to talk about it all morning, and that uh, <laughs> that's an eye-opener right there, man. That uh, that had to scare the heck out of that guy. Well, what he was doing, he was kneeling down in his boat, uh, had his hands over the side. He was unhooking a skipjack, and uh, that porpoise came up and grabbed. He was, Of course, he was coming after the skipjack, but he grabbed his hand. And uh, they're lucky you didn't pull him overboard. True. But I mean, that, uh, there again, that barred up the top of his hand big time. Oh, yeah. You can see the puncture wounds in it. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, so, you know, he went straight to the hospital and got it cleaned up. And I probably got a tetanus shot or whatever. But, uh, you know, he just wanted to make sure he doesn't get Vibrio. He was wearing a glove on his hand the next day. And I said, uh, Man, you got the Michael Jackson look or what, you know? <laughs> he said, well, if I had a white glove, I would. Yeah. But, uh, but no, he, he said that was a big surprise, you know. I remember years ago, old Ron Elkins was, he was in Pascabayo, and uh, almost the same thing happened with him. He was, uh, he was kneeling down in the boat, uh, had that skipjack over the side, you know, and hooking him. And next thing he knew, he woke up in the bottom of the boat and heard this, this loud thumping noise. And, uh, he looked up, his customers were all standing up on the bow of his boat. And, uh, it was about a five foot tarpon going around and around the console. Just beating <laughs> the know? boat to pieces. Oh, he said, you know, there went a rod, there went a tackle box. And I mean, that tarpon was tearing that boat to pieces, you know, and he jumped up and uh, dove on that, on that, uh, tarpon. And just grabbed him, you know, hugged him, and just threw him overboard. But he said, man, he said, that tarpon was tearing that boat to pieces. I mean, you can imagine about a five-foot green tarpon in your boat. <laughs> you can imagine what kind of damage they can do. But uh, this guy was lucky that it wasn't a shark that came if up. If that had been a shark, he wouldn't have had a hand. You'd have been uh, sending me a photo of a nub. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I hooked a skipjack a while back and 
And, uh, of course, that skip jack jumped a few times, and I got up to the boat, about 10 feet from the boat, and a shark came up and hammered it, man. I mean, about a six-foot shark. And uh, I had him on for, oh, about a minute, you know, until I finally got cut off. But uh, you you just got to, like, you don't have enough to worry about when you're out there. (laughs) Now you got to worry about porpoises coming up and grabbing grabbing your hand. Oh. Oh, I tell you, man. You know, uh, well, what happens is people are feeding these things by hand. They're feeding these porpoises by hand. And uh, they get used to that. And, uh, but you know, I've never seen a porpoise grab a, grab a fish that really was hooked, had a hook in him. You know, they usually come up and they'll swim around and wait till you unhook it and mm-hmm. throw that fish back. They're on him, man. They're on him like, like dogs, you know. But, uh, well, no, that guy's, that guy's lucky. He didn't lose a hand, really. Real yeah, lucky. Yeah, that was, that was pretty nasty. That, uh, yeah. Makes you think twice about things, but you know, we're told by, you know, Parks and Wildlife and all these biologists and everything, don't feed alligators. You know, right. don't feed bears. Don't feed this and that because they've become accustomed to humans. And uh, there, there again, people feeding these uh, dolphins like that, well, there's, there's the end result. They're not afraid sure. of man or anything of a boat oh, or absolutely. anything like that. They look at it as a food source. Yeah, absolutely. And then people I mean, get you know, I, I had a, a a guy one day we were wading and <clears throat> we we're fishing an area that had a lot of a lot of sharks and and whatever. But this particular day there were there were dolphins just swimming around, you know. And uh, every time you you caught an undersized trout, you threw that undersized trout over there. That porpoise was on it, man. Well, these porpoises were swimming around us and and uh, and. This customer of mine was scared to death of sharks, and he said, uh, "Man, I don't like this. I don't like this." I said, "Well, that's that's a porpoise, man. That's not a that's not a shark." And uh, he said, "Yeah, but I don't like it. I don't like it." <laughs> he, he wanted to leave, boy. Even though he was catching fish, he, he wanted to leave. But uh, he was scared yeah, to let's death. Yeah, see that big fin come up and everything, and it just uh, the movie oh, yeah. the movie Jaws ruined a lot of people. Scared yeah, it to did. death. <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, I I've never heard of anybody in Fort O'Connor being attacked by a shark. You know, no. but you know, uh, you hear of a bite here or a bite there, but it's not. You know, yeah. it's well, not like it's in usually, California. We don't have great whites swimming around. Ooh, and, uh, thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, you got it over in Florida and the East Coast. That's, uh, but yeah. still, you don't hear of it over there. A lot of those fish stay deep. Boy, if they came shallow like bull sharks and stuff, there'd be, we'd have problems. Um, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling I, you, I wouldn't wait anymore. If there was great white swimming, the, swimming the flats of Trinity Bay, I wouldn't get in the water. You bet on that. No. I, I can't believe these people out there on the west coast and they're they're wearing black uh, wet. They look boots. like a seal sitting on a surfboard. Exactly, exactly. Look just like a seal. Oh, what us surfers uh, did back in the days to ride waves, man. Oh, man. But I think the seal is the, the great white's uh, main food source. It is. That's and, what attracts and, them. And, yeah, and why dress up like a seal and get out there with them? <laughs> That's crazy. I'd That's have a crazy. clown suit on or something. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. A clown color is pretty good trout bait for top water. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the old clown. That's true. That's one of my favorites. That's yeah, a good one. Caught a lot of good fish on a clown. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. I uh, I had, uh, I may have told you the story before, but I had a guy with me one day. Well, I had, I had three guys, and uh, I, I gave one of them a uh, Superfoot Junior. And, uh, I mean, about his third cast, he caught a 28-inch trout on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, I said, now, you know you're going to have to give that bait back. He said, well, not right away, I'm not. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, was, he wasn't about to turn loose of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, that, that clown color is, uh, is a good color. I like when they say, hey, I hope you've got another one of those. Yeah. Well, said, you know. Man, it's, it's not the bait. It's it's uh, it's a guy behind the rod. That's true. <laughs> they, they still want that bait. Oh, yeah. Well, every time I buy, uh, go buy a bait or whatever, Academy or wherever, uh, I always get two of them because I always carry an extra one, you know, because you know good and well, if I'm throwing that bait, that color, and I'm catching fish on it, that here will come a one of the customers. He's going to want that bait. So I said, no, I got an extra one. Here you go. So uh, I always buy at least two. Yeah, I remember in the late, uh, late winter and early spring, wading over in East Bay, there was one bait that I carried, at least four or five of them that way. Everybody could get one if I started catching them on. That was that uh, chartreuse gold side mirror lure. That, oh, yeah. That 51. Oh, yeah. CHG or whatever they called it, man. That you uh, bet. that bait was just absolutely nasty in in January and February over there for whatever reason oh, they wanted it. Not silver side, they wanted that gold side, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got uh, a customer of mine that uh, his wife just loves she dog uh, in that gold sided uh, she dog, gold side greenback, yellow belly. Oh yeah, there you go. That's a good. Yeah. One. Oh man, she's caught a lot of fish on that on that bait. And uh, but there again, it's it's the way she works it too, you know. That's true. Presentation and technique goes a long that, ways. That's right. More so and than people ask, sometimes. People ask me, you know, how how do you work the bait? Well, I try I try different ways. I don't just do it one one way. You know, I find out what the fish want. And then uh, what what stirs them up, and then that's then I I'll tell my customers you know you need to work it fast or you need to stop it or or whatever. But uh, but I just find I, I do several things until I find out what the fish want. Yeah, and in slick water especially, that's the toughest time to catch them on top waters. You have to downsize, go to like the Spook Junior, or you know right. the the little. Uh, sheep up or whatever and uh work it fast and real erratic maybe stop and start a little bit but roll it a lot faster then when uh, when you get the waves and it gets you know it's windier and rougher then you can slow everything down and stop and start it and then just slow roll that thing just barely walk it and they'll just smoke it right it it depends on the mood of the fish too sometimes they want it ripping so hard just you're trying to take it away from them and they're you know you can't keep them off of it they just oh i know blow it to pieces I know. i've got a friend that uh man he works at top water fast real fast make him and, come uh, get it yeah oh he does he makes them mad you know i mean they, they get mad at it 
and they just slam it, boy. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, he he does a workout, you know, all day long throwing that top water. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and if you're throwing big fish. baits like a super spook, hey, can just imagine peacock bass fishing in the Amazon all day long and pulling oh. on them wood cho- choppers all day. Oh, you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end of the day. <laughs> I know it. Boy, that's I work right there, buddy. Boy, I'm telling you, but. <laughs> The dramatic blow-ups. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. But, boy, the, the reward is worth it, I guarantee you. Well, yeah, it is. Oh, man. I mean, tell you. I, I've just gotten to where in, in the bay, I, I don't really throw that big super spook, uh, the big one. I, I just throw the, the junior. And, uh, and I've had better luck in the bay with that. Now, when I go into surf, I will throw the big big super spook yeah or a big uh you know a she dog or something like that mm-hmm. and if the waves are you know if the wind's blowing and we've got wave action pretty good wave action i want something that rattles good i want a good rattle to it you know to attract them and that's always worked best for me but boy i tell you what uh, i was in the surf oh a couple of months ago and and uh i had a customer we were, we were only throwing top waters in the surf we, we didn't get out of the boat we stayed on the boat but we were just easing along the guts and uh, throwing uh, super spooks. And uh, oh man, when you get a when you get a blow up on a big super spook in the surf, it's it's uh, traumatic. <laughs> you know, it's it's worth it. You can yes. throw it all day long. You get one big blow up. That's, well, I don't I don't throw them in the bay as much as I used to because we don't have the the big fish to eat them like we used to either. Right. You know, I downsize and that and. You know, the less work I have to do, I can fish longer all day, and that that's why I kind of like those hot rods and lilies I've been throwing for five or oh, six yeah. years. Now, I mean, you can chunk those all day and never get tired. You can bang on them, pull them, and stop them and start them and do all different types, types of presentations with them. You just you never get tired. With a good light rod, oh, about 6'6", six, six, get after it, man. No, I know. Yeah, I like that lily, too. I do too. I love banging on that thing, and they just take it away from you. Absolutely <laughs> stupid. Let me knock oh, this yeah. break out, Lynn. I'll be right back, buddy. Hang on. You bet. All right. All right. You listen to the outdoor show here at Sports Radio six ten. We'll be right back. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me put... Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 519 here in the Bayou City. All right, Captain Lynn Smith, we are back, my friend. <laughs> Good. We were topwater yeah. fishing when I went to break, I think. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing nothing more exciting than a blow-up, I guarantee you that. You know, big, big blow-up. I had a... Uh, a gal that uh, came to fish with me one time, and and uh, she was a good fisherman. And uh, anyway, we we climbed out of the boat. I, as I'm stepping off my ladder, I saw about a probably a four foot black tip. Oh. And uh, so I didn't say anything. You know, I just got off the boat, and, and uh, we started wading this flat. And uh, she had a she had her boyfriend with her with his and with his son, and his son was a teenager. <clears throat> and he was real leery to get off the boat, <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. But anyway, he got off the boat, and uh, so anyway, she and I were kind of got away from him, and we were out there throwing top orders on this flat. And boy, I had this just monster blow up, you know. <laughs> and uh, she said, "Oh my goodness, that was a big, big fish." I said, "Well, that was a shark." And she said, "Oh." keep that quiet don't say anything <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a few minutes later here came my top water floating back to me and uh boy it had teeth marks all in it you know and uh, i didn't say anything until the trip was over and uh, we were back at the dock cleaning fish and i said i told that boy a teenager i said oh i got i got something i need to show you and i i showed him that uh it was a she dog it was a black she dog is what it was and uh Anyway, he, his eyes got real big. He said, well, what did that? I said, a shark. He said, when did that happen? I said, oh, a while ago. <laughs> and boy, his eyes got real big. He said, on that same flat we were waiting? I said, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, the sharks are there because the fish are there. And uh, and I said, they, he jumped all over that top water, I guarantee you. But uh, he hammered it. But boy, they make an explosion when they hit it. I guarantee you. Oh yeah. Uh, it, uh, but also, also a snook does too, boy. Yeah, boy, that's a that's a violent uh, blow up. I caught a big one in uh, Florida. Yeah. You know, we were in the Redfish Cup over there, and we got up in this cove, and that's really the only place we could find any, you know, slot reds that would actually get us on the board. You know, get us a paycheck for the weekend. So we right. milked it for all we could get. We had we had other schools, but you couldn't catch them unless you had, you know, you were chumming with pilchards. We were watching the guides doing that with those bats slinging those pilchards out there, and those redfish would come to the top like puppy dogs, 
and then the, all their parties would throw in there and bow up. And it's just making us sick. But we found this one little little nook and cranny off the channel in clear water there, and uh, we stuck with it. And uh, we got up there in the, this one corner, and we're I'm flipping that. Uh, I was using a Top Dog Junior and flipping up in the mangroves and rolling it out of there. And there's four guys on a tee box right there close. They're not even 50 yards away. And they heard that blow up, and every one of them looked straight over there. And this snook's cartwheeling out of the water and stuff. They're all yelping and yelling and everything. Catch him, man, catch him. And uh, <laughs> I said, yep, only a golfer would know what that sound is. But that was oh, yeah. a huge, violent blow up and a big, huge snook. But that, oh. that, that's a lot of fun. Those snook are, man, what a fish. Awesome. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I mean, I've caught some good ones down there in Florida too, and uh, I used to love to. We we do it, go down there every year. Uh, didn't go down last year, but uh, something came up. I couldn't. Yeah, go. he had to cancel y'all or something, didn't he? Yeah. Well, we canceled it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the weather. We had a storm. There was a right. storm in the Gulf. Yeah. Heading that way, so it was a tropical storm. I think it was, but uh, we had to cancel. But anyway, uh, yeah, I've uh, I hooked one down there one time that was probably 30 pounds or better and uh you know they uh, big ones come up they just kind of waller you know on top they don't jump real high like the smaller ones do but uh boy that that snook came out of the water and just wallered you know and it took off and old ward michaels the guy he ward said uh, oh my goodness he said that's a big one that's a 30 plus (laughs) i said i believe it (laughs) oh man i had him on and he went across a little sandbar into a deep gut, and when he went in that deep water, he uh, rubbed his rubbed my line across that sand, cut me off, sand and wow. shell. Yeah, but man, boy, he man. was a he was a pig boy. I'll guarantee you, he was a good one. And uh, you know, every and time you know, working those mangroves like that, we would get to a little point of them, you know, where it was like an island, and and right when you get to that point there would always be a deep hole there from where the current had it wallowed out and you could look down in that clear water and see those big old giant snook laying down in that hole and going oh, oh lord man. i wish we were fishing for them instead of these nasty <laughs> reds oh man i'm but telling they don't you. pay you got to have a red you got to get your check <laughs> yeah yeah well every once in a while we catch snook here you know we do and uh I had a customer a few years ago. He caught one on top for about 23-inch snook, but, uh, you know, small ones. And uh, uh, I, I haven't really seen any big snook like you get in Florida. But, yeah. Uh, or yeah. way down well, south, bounced. you know, like Port Isabel and down there, they get some pretty good ones, you know, in the 30-inch class and 35s. But Yeah, yeah. Well, they uh, – when we had a freeze here, this last freeze, uh, they found a pretty good, pretty good sized snook up uh, in the, in one of the guts, just floating dead. And he mm-hmm. was a pretty good size. And then one of the guys found one out on the beachfront that was about a forty inch snook. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah, they take it on the chin in that cold weather, buddy. They can't tolerate it. Oh yeah. It. No, they're they're warm weather fish. They're some of the first ones to die. But we have yeah, them in Texas. We just don't have a oh, lot yeah. of them, you know, like Florida does. But Oh, no. Oh, I I've seen one in Galveston Bay. I was waiting East Bay one one time on the North Shoreline. Water was real clean and clear. It was calm. And he swam right by me like I was a fair huh. pilot. 
and it had that uh, 30 to 32 inch look to it, and uh, yeah, no doubt about what it was. He just swam right by uh, me. You see that black stripe down the side? Oh, mm-hmm. just like nobody's business. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one of the flounder guys here told me uh, he was he was floundering one night, and he saw one about 30, 35 inches, you know, mm-hmm. up on the flats. And uh, he said, man, oh, man, he said, it's a big old snook. I said, yep, we've got them. We've got them. Uh, you know, we catch them every once in a while. I went over uh, to Matagorda to uh, guide, help help guide over there for that oil man's tournament. And, uh, boy, the wind was blowing about 35 miles an hour. Oh. You know, you, you had, it was tough. And so I ran up the river, up the Colorado River. And uh, we were catching trout and reds both up there. And uh, I was retying a retying a line for a guy, been cut off, and and uh, one of my customers was sitting up on the bow, had his had his uh, feet kind of dangling off the bow, and uh, I heard this splashing going on, and I, I looked up, I said, "Oh, you got a little trout?" He said, I, "I don't know," and he pulled it in and pulled it over the side, and it was a snook. <laughs> I said, "Man, that's a snook." He said, "What's a snook?" <laughs> he he just been snookered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you've been snookered, all right. But uh, that was not the only snook that was caught that day. No, and you know, up this way, they uh, they kind of like those uh, bayous and and you know rivers and stuff like that. They uh, kind of harbor up in. You oh yeah, see them much on the flats like you do in Florida, but it's, no. uh And you know, just like down around Brownsville down there, they catch them a lot in that Brownsville Ship Channel. Yeah. Yeah, I know they did. Uh, I have yet to go down that far and fish. Uh, I hadn't fished around Port Isabel or anything like that. But uh, about as far down as I've gone is, is uh, you know, uh, Port Mansfield. Right. And we run south. We run south down by Three Islands and all that. Green Island. Mm-hmm. Green Island, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, down along that. And, uh, of course, we're, we're fishing for trout, you know. I never caught a snook down there, but we're, we're wading the flats and, drop-offs and stuff like that if you find a six inch difference uh in the in the flat you find a small gut you'll have fish in it i guarantee sure. you that's the way it is down there at, uh, oh it is that's structure to those fish they're not accustomed oh, to the structures we have up this way no no grass and guts and uh bars points and shell mm-hmm. shell yeah and if shell. you can find any shell oh yeah oh no we got doubt. a lot of shell here We've got a lot of shell. I was uh, waiting one area uh, one day, and and I saw a boat, a deep V boat, and he was he was lost. The guy didn't know where he was, and uh, he was a tourist, and he was coming back into the bay there by uh, Cross Reef, and uh, mm-hmm. Cross Reef nine times out of ten is not sticking up. It's just sometimes if it's calm, it's only you know, a few inches below the surface, but uh, you got to know it's there. And uh, I was waiting with these guys, and, and uh, I saw that boat coming toward Cross Reef, and I, I, I said, oh, cool. okay, guys, watch this. Yeah, this watch gonna this. Be interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, boy, that boat, it was about a 24-foot deep V. And, yeah. boy, he hit that reef, and, buddy, he hit it and came to an abrupt stop. Oh. And, uh, and that boat just kind of rolled on its side, rolled over to one side. I said, well, there's a trip to the jail coat, man. 
right there. Yeah, and uh, if he can get it off of there, he's going to need a king tide for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is Lord exactly. have mercy. Oh, yeah. Well, we had a, one of our guys years ago was coming in from a tuna trip. He'd been offshore fishing at night for tuna, and uh, he was coming back in the jetties, and uh, he, he ran up on the jetties. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. You see that and, uh, a lot, you know, that happens more more than you hear about hitting the yeah. jetties. That is not, there's no good end result granite, of that. That granite doesn't give. You know, no, you're done. done. <laughs> yeah, you're done. That's pretty hard. Yes. Yeah, pretty hard. We used to, uh, I grew when I grew up in Port Arthur, we used to always fish the bean pass jetties. And uh, I was out there one time with my, with my dad there was one area of the jetties that was real low and we had a high tide that that day and water was the waves would flush through that low spot you know right and boy we were just spanking those trout on that on the outside of the jetties they're casting up to that low spot mm-hmm. but that water was coming through oh my goodness they were those trout were stacked up in there and uh we had a guy you know, several boats would go by and see us hooked up and bowed up, and uh, but they couldn't, they didn't get in there close to us. You know, they stayed away from us. But uh, one guy came up there and was idling up there, and he asked us if he could come tie under our boat because he'd lost his anchor. <laughs> and my dad said, "No, you can't tie under my boat. You know, <laughs> go away." Oh boy, uh, people you. don't realize, you know. They don't think that uh, a lot of fishermen don't think the boat prevalence or any kind of noise or anything bothers these fish, but it does. It oh, does. yeah. You can't do that. Let me knock this no, break I, out, Lynn. I'll come right back at you, man. We'll all right. ground on the jetties again. All right, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, the Belleville Meat Market this week, they're double featuring their double black pepper pecan smoked sausage and their Texas blend smoked sausage. This is an all-natural smoked sausage inspired by their original garlic recipe, and you can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in the store. And on special, their B&B Oak Lump Charcoal 20-pound bags, they've got those on sale, and they're now serving homemade hot dogs and pulled pork in their barbecue section. Hot dogs are available in original and cheddar and custom processing on pigs and calves all year long. You can order a half-calf or a hindquarter and have it processed any way you like. And wild game processing, they're still making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. Homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from your hunt the whole family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. 
Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Live from the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 537 here in the Bayou City. All right, Liam, we are back, my friend. Yeah, man. I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had this one customer on the boat, and he was, I'd say, in his late 20s probably. But he brought mm-hmm. a boom box on the boat, of all things. <laughs> and Some people can't live thing. without their music, man. <laughs> I know it. And, uh, man, he was playing it real loud and everything. I said, hey, hey. You want to catch fish? I mean, we're going to go back in these lakes, shallow lakes, and the the thing we don't want is noise, you know. Right. And I said, turn that boom box off, man. <laughs> and uh, he finally turned it off. I know he didn't like to, but he did. And uh, but I, I tried to explain to him. I said, man, I said these these fish are noise sensitive. You know, you don't want to drop the lid on the cooler or anything like that, real loud. Or slam the hatches. Oh, yeah, slam the hatch is bad. I said, please be quiet. I said, you know, commercial fishermen, you set their, their nets and then go around and beat on the side of their boat just to run the run the redfish into the nets. And I said, uh, uh, that's what you're doing. If you're dropping the hatches and all that, you're just running the fish off. And uh, I, I do the same thing when I'm wade fishing with guys. I tell them, hey, be in the stealth mode. You know, don't be yelling back and forth to each other and, all that, I said, just be quiet. And because uh, all those redfish are real sensitive to that. I can imagine how sensitive the trout are, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, look Before. at the mullet. I mean, you can pull up on a flat early in the morning and uh, everybody's getting their gear on, getting ready to get out of the boat, and somebody will drop a hatch and slam it and you can watch a mullet just oh, yeah. spray down the shoreline. Yep, that's right. It scares a mullet, it's going to scare the fish under it, too. Sure, it will. Sure, it will. I, uh, years ago, uh, I was in high school or college, whatever, many moons ago. Uh, anyway, uh, I was running back. We were going duck hunting. I had my dad with me. And back then I had an old Helton boat. Remember those Helton? Yeah. I and, remember uh, the old Helton's. I, I think I had a 40 horse Johnson on it and, uh, I'm running this, this little bayou and, uh, there was a lot of phosphorus in the water. And it was literally, you running along, and it, it just almost lit up the whole gut with phosphorus. I mean, it was beautiful, you know, green. And uh, 
well, I was standing up, so was my dad, and I was standing up around that boat. Well, a, a mullet jumped up over the windshield, hit my dad right in the mouth. <laughs> Busted his mouth. <laughs> I mean, pretty good sized mullet, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. <laughs> Boy, I used to love to run that bayou, be that like the first boat down that bayou in the morning, dark, and all that phosphorus in the water. Oh, it was it was neat. It was a sight to see. Yeah, all that green. Man. Haven't seen I that in a long time. Rick Kersey was waiting one time and he had a film crew with him. And uh the kiss of death. But they, they still caught some fish, but he's waiting and the film, you know, the camera's on him and this mullet's jumping in front of him, coming straight towards him. And when that mullet uh, got up right there by him, it jumped and hit him right between the eyes, and he just fell back in the water to add more to it to make it look like it knocked him out. You know that he got uh-huh. on America's Funniest Home Videos with that? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He had to fly out to oh. California. I think he got second place or something. It's pretty cool. Oh, my goodness. Oh, cursey. Oh, yeah. I remember Rick. Uh, Ricky Dog. Rick was, uh, he was testing props on his boat. You probably mm-hmm. remember this. And uh, he just left his trailer in, in the water, you know. And, and uh, he'd, he'd run the prop. He'd come back and run his boat up on the trailer and pull it out and change props. And Anyway, he'd already tested a couple of props. And there were some people uh, pretty close to him on the riprap, and they were uh, they were crabbing. Anyway, he uh, he said he, he came back from testing one prop, and he ran his boat up onto the trailer, and all of a sudden his, his truck and trailer take off. Somebody oh, I remember that. Truck. That was at Bayland Park. Is that where it was? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then they found his trailer down the road, oh, you know, half mile away or whatever, and uh, and they ended up finding his truck in Laredo. Yeah, in a Holiday yeah. Inn parking lot. Uh huh. I think right. the manager called him and said, "Hey, man, I've run the plates on your truck, and it's down here in." Uh, my parking lot here at the hotel and he said well i'm way up here in baytown but uh we will come get it yeah they they uh the guys stole his truck and then pulled it around the corner over there by the church on that side road on missouri street or whatever and dumped a dumped the boat in the trailer and then just took off for mexico in the truck yeah <laughs> i'll never forget yeah. that and he had his bag in there with all these expensive reels Oh, yeah, and, and money. I think he had a yeah. Glock pistol in there, everything, and all that was still in that truck when he went and picked it up. Yeah, it was underneath the seat. How about yeah. that? Oh, amazing. That guy just wanted a fast ride back to, he, back to Mexico. He, he's ready to get out of America for some reason. Yes, he was. But, uh, yeah, <clears throat> Rick called me. He said, you ever have that happen? I said, no. No, I've never heard of that happen. No, I've never uh, never experienced that. That was first. But no. Rick always had weird stuff like that happen to him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah, boy. <clears throat> I like fishing with Rick, though. He's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I've had some good times with him over the years. Yeah. We fished uh, Trout Master together one time. I remember that. Here. Yeah, here in Port O'Connor. And uh, it was funny because <clears throat> I had a Pathfinder then, and a uh, Pathfinder just started to get you know, introduced into the Texas market. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had this Pathfinder and Rick was fishing with me and we're idling out there by Fisherman's Cut, get ready for the, to take off shotgun start, you know, and there was about 15 boats ahead of us. 
And uh, Rick kept telling me, go on up front, get up front, man. Well, I didn't want to make anybody mad. People know me, you know. And, uh, so <laughs> no, it was dog-eat-dog and those shotguns, man. You got a jockey for oh. position. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, Rick told that story later on. He said, yeah, he said, we, we were the 15th boat back. And he said, uh, when we got to where we were going to fish, uh, we were the second boat there. <laughs> yeah. I was passing. Boats well, on, Pathfinders on the were the fast boat back then. I mean, that was the rig to have, you know, Danny Warriors oh, and all them run them with them big Yamahas on them. And they were just smoking everybody. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah. It's a good running boat. I, Nowadays with I all the Simmons go. boats and everything, that'd be, you'd be last place. Oh goodness. Yeah. You know, you'd be, you'd be dragging along. Yeah. Well, Eric Simmons, he's uh he's, he built a fast boat. I'll guarantee you. What Cliff Webb say, Jimmy Lloyd and Eric and all them come through uh, by marker 37 run down in the intercoastal headed towards Baffin in some tournament up in Rockport. And the, one of the, his cop buddies there radar gunned them, and they were doing 112 or something when they came Oh, my by. goodness. Marker 37. <laughs> it was from oh 106. I don't remember. It was over 100 miles an hour. Oh, we're going fishing, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's get them. Uh, uh, that's what gets me about people burning these shorelines, you know, looking for fish and, and they're running over fish. But, uh, you know, I said, you know, it's kind of hard to catch them at, at 35 miles an hour. <laughs> you know, it really is. Yeah, but they're just punching them in is what they're doing. They'll, oh, sure. uh, they run till they hit that big glob of fish and they see a lot of them in that one area and they just hit man overboard and mark those fish. And then they come back that's later right. and fish that's them right. and catch them. Exactly. That's, uh. That's exactly uh, right. These fish don't have a chance nowadays. No, I'm telling you. You know, with I'm all this, you. Uh, you know, active target uh, sonar and everything that they have now, I've heard there's probably 14, 15 states in the United States that outlawed that. They won't let them fish that way. Oh, really? Yeah. And Un- Unfair chase or whatever. I'm, man, that, huh. hey, for crappie fishing, that is the cat's whisker. I mean, I saw oh, it firsthand the way Randy does it on his boat when he pulls up to a brush pile. I said, man, this is, well, this el- eliminates a lot of guesswork. Huh. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Man, man. Mark every fish yep. on that brush pile. You know what side to set up on it at and uh, how many fish are there. And if, if it doesn't look that good, I said, man, this isn't fishable numbers. We'll go to another one. There's not many on this one. Oh, my goodness. Eliminates a lot of guesswork. And time, boy. Yeah, we be- we become impatient, hadn't we? In life, I'm on everything. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. with all I'm this AI you. crud going on, which you know I'm not a big fan of, but hell, one day we may have robots running our boats and uh, putting us on the fish. Oh man, <laughs> we won't see it. <laughs> no, I hope no. not. I hope I don't live to see that. No, no. That's the most fun part about fishing is finding them, looking for them, and finding them. Exactly, exactly. You know, I've had customers say, "Well, how'd you know to stop there?" I said, "Well, I, I saw, I saw bait. I saw nervous bait and uh, slicks, slicks, you know, mud you, balls, you, mullet flying yeah, out of look, the water. Only Mister oh, Magoo yeah. wouldn't pull in here because he couldn't see it." Yeah, yeah. I had a, a customer one day came down. It well, he, he was sponsor. I, I forget what he was he was sponsoring but anyway it was a lure sponsor and uh 
anyway, we were running down the shoreline, and I shut down and idled up to this one gut, and uh, and we got out, and he said, we're going to fish here because the water was real off color. Uh, we had a lot of wind, and, and uh, the water was off color in that particular day in that one area. And I said, yeah, the fish are here, man. And, I mean, there were slicks popped up down the shoreline, you know. And, gee, we jumped out. That off-color water didn't matter, you know. Uh, what we call off-color water down here is, is clear water to y'all, <laughs> I guarantee you. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I first came to Port O'Connor, I went, oh, my goodness, man, look at this. This is beautiful. All the grass flats and sandbars and uh, shell reefs. I said, boy, I'm in heaven here. This is a this is the place I want to fish. It had it had everything. It has everything from here south. I mean, you, you you've got it all. You know, the only thing the only thing that beats it is baffin. You know, with all the rocks. I love yeah, fishing people. Baffin. Don't uh, people don't realize what the uh, you know the Texas coast. Well, the whole upper Gulf Coast, you know, Louisiana, Texas has to offer. It's just incredible. Oh, yeah. Well, I grew up in Port Arthur fishing Sabine Lake. I fished Sabine Lake all my life, you know, and my young life, and even shrimped it. And uh, we we did that. I did that for years and years, and I didn't come to – I didn't come down south fishing until I was – oh, I guess it was in the uh, early 60s. Yeah, early '60s that I uh, or mid '60s anyway, mm-hmm. and um, man, I saw this water down here and went, "Oh my goodness, this is unbelievable!" I'd never seen clear water like this. I said, "Yeah, but it can get too clear." You know, you gotta you gotta find a little off color water. In the winter, when this this water here, uh, well, good calm day in the winter, you can run from from the south shoreline to the north shore. I've run that before and seen the bottom all the way. You can see Man. the bottom. That's how clear it was. Mm-mm-mm. But uh, you, know, you don't want to fish that. It's like we were in the surf oh, a few weeks ago, and and uh, that water, that water looked like the Caribbean. It was so clear. Man, you had to look for off-color water to find fish. Right. That you know that's what we have to do up here. Once our water gets real clean and with you know high saline years. And uh, mm-hmm. we look for the off-colored water to find the bait. That's where the bait fish hide. And it actually, when we used to have a lot of mullet up in Trinity Bay, especially in the north end, those mullet would raft up getting big schools and they'd go out deep and just get like a tornado and a whirlwind and just stir the bottom up and turn oh, the man. water real dirty so they could hide in it, you know. And then, boy, oh, yeah. you could troll around that and throw lures into that and bring it out there and those big trout and redfish ambushing your lures when they'd come out of that dirty oh, water. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Along for the days again. One oh, more shot. That, I just want one more year. One more. Isn't, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's what uh, that's what the memories are all about, man. You don't... Uh, they you can't can take, take that memories. away from you. <laughs> they can take no, a lot can't. away from you. They can't take your memories and your photos away. That's right. That's right. You can't take those memories away. I've got a customer coming uh, next week, uh, two weeks from now, that um, uh, I fished him when I first started guiding. And I uh, started guiding in 94. And uh, he came and brought customers, and, and uh, we did real well. Well, he brought his wife one, one time. 
and uh, and we, they caught their limited trout and everything. And uh, I had a picture of her. back then. I was running an eighteen shallow sport, you know, no sides, and, and uh, I had a picture of him, he and his wife, uh, standing at the bow of the boat, and they were standing in the water, on and h- hanging on the bow. And I had all those trout spread across that bow. Well, he called me the other day to book a trip. hadn't hadn't heard from him in years and years, almost thirty years now. And uh, I sent him I sent him that picture. <laughs> and uh, oh man, he he texted me back. He said, "Boy, that brings back memories." <laughs> I said, "Oh yeah, yeah." Oh, don't yeah, expect that now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't come into POC expect we're gonna do that again, brother. <laughs> oh man. I don't know. There'll be some good days, you know. There we'll will. have some days like it's that. It's just going to take time, and and everybody, man. I know so many people that are really into, you know, trying to preserve our resource and and trying to make a difference, and and uh, absolutely being real conservative. Absolutely. And hey, it it'll work if we if we continue to do this. It'll come back quicker than we think. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I tell you what, after that freeze, this last freeze. Oh man, uh, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I'd go to areas that I, I love, you know, fish, different guts, different bars. And they've become and dead zones. And it was dead. It was yeah. absolutely dead. And uh, there was bait there, but no fish. And I said, man, what happened? And it was like the fish were, were scared scared to go back in the bay. Well, it was more I detrimental could... than we thought. And then, see, we went through all of it up here. We had all the fresh water for seven years. And that... That killed our spawn and our biomass, you know, because they, they, those fish have to have the right salinity for all of it to work and come together. And when you got seven years of flooding, especially with Harvey, that end-all, be-all flood that that was, and then you, you throw oh, them yeah. two freezes in there, and any anybody will tell you that we lost fish up here, and nothing like y'all did down there, but we still lost fish. And, yeah. Uh, it, uh, it's it's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, it is. It is that. Uh, and we had uh, some guys ran into into Pringle Lake uh, after one of the hard freezes. Oh, yeah. And and Pringle holds some big trout in there, and and uh, they don't leave, you know. And uh, and they no, they they, they that's killed. where they go for the winter. That's where they're going to winter at. It's where the bait sure. is. Sure. And uh, they went around and picking up dead trout. Mm. And put them on the bow of this boat, and uh, I'll have to send you that picture. I think I uh, saw that picture. Send it to me, and I'll tell you if it's the one I saw. Somebody yeah, sent me a picture I, of that. I I'm mean, sure there are some is. toads laying up there, man. Oh, I'm I'm telling you, some real pigs. And uh, there's no telling how many were on the bow of that boat. And of course, they mm. couldn't keep them. You know, which no. is a shame. But um, but anyway, they, you know, the fish were dead. You know. But uh, gosh, my that that hard freeze—it hurt us bad. It really yeah, did. It did. But we're coming back, and and you know, it's like a like I was telling people the other day. I said the fish are slowly coming back. We're we're catching good, decent sized fish. And be honest with you, I wish they'd have kept the limits and everything uh, for one more year. Well, they're going to be working yeah. on that. We're fixing to have scoping meetings in October over that very issue right there. They oh, had yeah. to by law. When they did the emergency order with the uh, the sunset clause in there, they had to go back to the original limits September uh-huh. 1st. But uh, with scoping meetings and input from, I think they're going to send out like 12,000 questionnaires and all that saltwater fishermen and get their input on that. Plus, you can go online and do it or show up the 
scoping meetings and voice your opinion, and uh, right. then they'll go from there. That, that's just the protocol they have to go through to, you know, to satisfy right. everybody. Well, I'm seeing, you know, now the size of the trout in the bay are, are getting so much better. You know, we're seeing yes. a lot better trout. And uh, we're, we're releasing, you know, everything. And uh, mm-hmm. you might keep, you know, two or three but for dinner or whatever. But yeah. but release the rest, you know, let them go. And uh, we gotta build, we got to build our fishery back up. We really do. But uh, but I'm seeing a big difference, big difference in the size of the fish. Exactly. So that that's a good thing, you know. That is All right, a good Lynn. Thing. Well, hey, bud, it's been a good conversation this morning, and uh, I've got to roll out of here. But hey, if somebody wants to call you about coming down and fishing, we can POC how they get a hold of you, brother. Yes, sir. They can get me at three six one nine three five six eight three three. All right, my friend. Lynn, have a good Sunday, and I'll talk to you next week. Be safe. Catch them up. All right, man. You too. See you, buddy. Cool, All right. Later. All right. That's Captain Lynn Smith. Time for our top of the hour break, national anthem and all that. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.